every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. After. and it's flipped on Kyle Vassell at the back post he's going to get a volley in there and that is a combination of a half stop by Jochel Andresen and a couple of shrimp players on the line ball across all and Charlton Town find themselves one on one it's great save that from Jochel Andresen nice and brave from the Icelandic under 21 international and he gets it behind for a corner great stop taken now it is a long one it's flicked on by Pollock and then the ball's not completely away and it's into the back of the net on the volley 15 yards out from Liam Serkham to break the deadlock here at the Johnny Rock Stadium we didn't clear our lines from a long throw from Sean Long and the ball dropped really nicely inside the box and Liam Serkham for the Robins back after injury follows it into the bottom corner of Jochel Andresen's net after 24 minutes it's Cheltenham Town 1 Morecambe nil. Yeah, we, we looked to defend quite well in terms of the initial ball going into the box and it was a good clearance, but unfortunately just into the uh, in, in, into the path of the big man and he slots home on the volley and uh, yeah, it's 1-0 to the hosts. Not ideal. It's one of those that, that long throws. I'd like to see that again if I could, Matt, because I think it was just, one, in absolute fairness, I think it fell just nicely for the Cheltenham man to hit it sweetly first time on the volley. Oh, the referee's... There's, there's a oh, back what? pass. Oh, hello, what's going on here? Well, well, well. Th- there's a back pass. And of course, because it's a pass back, it's an indirect free kick as well. It's about a yard or so inside the penalty area, which means that the, what, three, four, five-man Cheltenham Town wall is just on the edge of the six-yard box. He's going to be tapped to Adam Phillips. Hard and low, Adam. Hard and low. He's got two options. He can try and place it it in the top corner. Obviously, the wall's in the way, but the keeper's leaving a lot of space to his right-hand side. Or, like you say, just welly it as hard as you can. Smashed it hard and low. Hopefully see that net ripple. 37 on the watch. Cheltenham 1, Morecambe 0. Here on Shrimps Live, on Beyond Radio this Tuesday night. In the rain, here at the Johnny Rock Stadium in Gloucestershire. Referee happy, he's telling the Cheltenham wall not to creep forward from the edge of the six-yard box. It's indirect, so Lee's going to tap it to Adam Phillips, who's going to pile drive yes! to the back Come of the on. net. Just like I said, hard and low, finds the bottom corner, and that is the equaliser and a little bit of a gift, you have to say, if you're a Cheltenham Town fan, because it was a, a careless back pass picked up by keeper Flinders, and the Shrimps, through Adam Phillips's sixth goal of the season, have absolutely capitalised on that. Eight minutes to go before half-time, and it's Cheltenham 1, Morecambe 1. That is an incredible free kick from Adam Phillips. Like we said, Dave, he had bodies in the way, but he's picked out the corner, and it's a delightful way to get Stephen Robinson's men back on level terms, and it's Morecambe 1, it's Cheltenham Town 1. He took my advice, Matt. I'm going to claim a semi-assist there. Hard and low into the bottom corner. Excellent play. Fantastic. Brilliant Adam Phillips. Don't tell him I said that. He just used his strength, you know. He's a strong lad, he can use it to his advantage and there was nothing wrong with that and the Shrimps have benefited and gained a corner. Which is going to be taken with the left boot of Greg Lee. Go on! Flicked on yes! In the back of the net. Oh, it's offside. Oh, he's given offside. Oh, oh. oh be- tell you what. It was a beautifully worked corner as well. Greg Lee, near post, flicked on towards the back stick by Anthony O'Connor. 
and I thought that was Cole Stockton's 13th of the season as he nodded it in at the back post but the linesman's flag comes to Cheltenham Town's rescue. Lee, that was just a, a stray pass again and here comes Thomas out towards his right side it goes and there's loads of space vacated by Greg Lee over on this right-hand side the Morecambe left ball at the feet of Dan Crowley 25 yards from goal he's going to try and drive towards the penalty area instead gets the ball to the right-hand side oh that's a lovely finish that is a fantastic strike from Kyle Joseph to regain the lead for the Robins on 64 minutes we were undone down the right-hand side the cross came in and it's the Loney from Swansea City who just sweeps the ball home from about 12 yards out nothing Yockel Anderson could do it's Cheltenham Town 2, Morecambe 1. Yeah, it's a lovely finish from the lad, isn't it? First time on his right foot into the far corner. Like you say, Jocko Anderson couldn't really have done much there. Just a disappointing disappointing goal to concede, considering we were so on top in the opening 10-15 minutes of this second half. And here comes Cheltenham once more, down this right-hand side. Sirkin just chips the ball towards the left-hand tip of the box, looking for the run of... Kyle Vassell, he nods it towards the edge of the D, it might fall nicely here for Kyle Joseph on the right-hand edge of the box, Joseph twisting and turning and gets a lovely left-footed shot in off the far post and Cheltenham Town have turned it all around here in the space of several minutes here at Wadden Road, we gave Kyle Joseph far too much time, he just turned, picked his spot and a delightful left-footed curler Anderson at full stretch, nothing he could do about that and it's in off the far post for Cheltenham Town 3, Morecambe 1. Yeah, it's a great finish from the lad, isn't it? Did, re did really well to get it onto the uh, onto the target and it's a posting in and again, nothing really Yockle could have done there and I, I did say they did have the tails up and they've certainly uh, they've certainly benefited from that and uh, it's a bit of an uphill battle now for Stephen Robinson's men. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. And here comes Chris Hussey for Cheltenham Town, the defenders bearing down on goal here. Hussey didn't fancy the shot himself, looks to place it towards the edge of the box. Oh, that's, oh, a, great and that's a great tip over the bar. Liam Sirkham looking to really put the game to bed. Scored a delightful volley with his right foot in the first half. That one with his left, destined for the top corner. And Anderson manages at full stretch to tip it over the bar. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimp's Verdict on Beyond Radio. I still don't think we deserved anything out of the game. You've got to be honest and truthful about it. We've done well to get ourselves back into the game after conceding in a, a soft goal. Um, we didn't come out in the second half, you know, and we're, we're the, you know, the makers of our own downfall, really, again. And we're going through a spell. We're going through a spell where things aren't going for us. We go 2 one up with Cole's goal and it's disallowed. And, just things aren't going for us but the bits that we can control we aren't controlling at the moment and so we knew this we knew after we drew it up switch after we Sheffield Wednesday all the good runs and, and results that we would have a hard period and we're in that at the moment so you know we have to be realistic with what we are where we are and you know we will get it right you know there's there's a lot of improvements that will come I have to get the right combination of players you know we tried something different tonight it wasn't the reason we got beat, and it, you know, probably wasn't the reason that we got back into the game because it was soft goals again. So we have to go again. It's a long, long season. There's the same amount of games now until Christmas as there has been already. So we're never in any doubt that this was going to be really difficult for us. 
made five changes tonight, you are looking for that formula that will, will fix things. Yeah, and listen, we had the formula in, in patches. As I say, we've had some very, very good results. Um, but, you know, we're, we are causing our own downfall at times from mistakes and not marking men in the box. And, you know, we we have to work with what we've got at the moment. You know, as we say, we put the squad together very, very quickly. I know what we're missing. You know, a little bit of steel and maybe a little bit of know-how we're not playing with at the moment. But I still believe in the players that we've got. You know, I very much believe in them. As I say, we're going through a sticky spell at the moment, which we always knew we would. And it's up to me to make sure there's not too much negativity. You know, three weeks ago, we weren't a bad team. We were an unbeaten run um, of four games and we were 2-0 up at Wickham. And since then, we've been on a poor run. You know, make no mistake, I, I know that, I'm honest. But um, it doesn't make us a, a really poor team and it didn't make us a brilliant team before. So. As I say, we have to find some sort of consistency with our decision making and you know our communication. We're very, very quiet team, and I don't think that's hindering us a lot at the moment. You've got lots of ability in the squad. You're still among the, the highest scorers in the whole division, but that still you talk about. Can you coach that into players? It's very difficult. You know, um, I think it has gone out of the game a lot. You know, at this level, you either get somebody that's really tall and strong that can't run. You never usually get the finished article, or they leave, like Carlos, like Sam Lavelle. You know, so you got to remember we've lost those players before the, the season kicked off, and we're trying to replace them. So, it's not I've still faith in the boys here very much. As I said, it's been a, a three and four game run. I don't even count the Hartlepool game; you know, it was a reserve game first. But it's been a, a three game run where we haven't been good enough. We haven't made good decisions often enough in in areas of the pitch that that we've been punished. Confidence, understandably, will take a knock. Yeah, but when we went three one down, we start passing the ball because um, the shackles are off and. It happens when you, you lose games, you, you play with a little bit of fear. As I say, four games ago, we played, we expressed ourselves, and it's up to me to make sure still to encourage the boys to do that. And you know, the best form of defence is if we have the ball. If we have the ball, they can't score, and we're, we're not maintaining the ball enough at the moment. And we're conceding silly goals. We know we know that. We're not trying to hide it. We're trying to work very hard to change that there. And you know, we have to work to get the right combination, and ultimately, it, it lies with me to do that. I know you'd like a win, but would a boring nil-nil be something you'd be quite pleased about getting it at some stage? Yeah, definitely. Even a one-all draw tonight would have been a good result. It's a hard place to come, you know. I have to give credit to Cheltenham in the second half of Michael. But they, they came out and they were brighter than us. They were first to second balls. Um, you know, it's nothing to do with systems. It's nothing to do with tactics. They, you know, they, they won more second balls. There's one more first contacts on us. And, and they created more. We didn't create a whole lot. So we'll go back, we look at it. And we're, we're very, very honest with ourselves what we, we need to do. We know what we need to bring in. As I say, I, I know we need a little bit of steel in the team. We need a little bit of organisation and, and somebody who can talk and organise. And when you go one nil up, organise to, to stay in the game and, and how to go and win it. And you know, we we'll, we have to do that from the bench, but we also need that from the pitch as well. So we need people to step up. What response do you want from the players in the desperate pressure room? Do you want them to, to call out players if they are making bad mistakes and, and hold them accountable? Isn't it? Boys know they've made mistakes. Boys have come in and, and held their hands up tonight for the, the individual mistakes and I'm not going to come out and lambast them. You know, we, we know that we need to be better. We can't keep making those mistakes. Um, otherwise we'll you know we're down the bottom of the league in a in a real relegation scrap, which you know we knew we would have these spells. Um, as I say we've been the makers of our own downfall in a lot of games and we can change that. You know we, we can change that with a little bit better concentration, a little bit more know-how and maybe doing the, the stuff that people don't see and how you mark and Maybe not giving people free runs and marking men, not space, which was the, the second goal. But everybody's held their hands up. There are a bunch of boys that are honest with themselves. They're honest with each other. And 
I think we've got the right people in the dressing room to turn it around. You won't use it as an excuse, but looking at the fixture list, it's not been particularly kind to you in, in the last month. You've had all of these games away from home. Going forward, you've got lots of games back at the Mazuma Stadium. It's all, um, this is a division where everybody beats each other. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if we go and got a result on Saturday against somebody who's right up the top of the league. We've done it at Ipswich. We've done it against Sheffield Wednesday. You know, we've had some very, very good results, but it's the consistency we're missing, the consistency in decision-making. No point saying we've had a bad run. You've got to play everybody throughout the season. Sometimes they come all at once and maybe they have done a little bit, but there's not an excuse for me. We're in control of what we do. Results do turn seasons around. League leaders at the Mazuma at, at the weekend, a win against them would do you the world of good. Yeah, listen, if, if people three, four years ago had a thought Morecambe would be in League One competing against your Plymouths, your Boltons, your Wiggins, your Portsmouths, the big, big teams in the division, they would have snapped your hand off. So, you know, we, we want to stay here. We're going to do everything in our power to do that, and we're working tirelessly. And it's, it's a great game. It's a great game. We're not playing bottom of the league. We're playing a very good side in Plymouth. You know, they pass the ball about, we've, we've looked at them very closely and that'd be a good game of football. And as I say, we control our decision making and we need to reduce the, the amount of mistakes we make that goes without saying and you know, we'll give them a game. With that change of system, Stephen, how did you think it went overall? A number of players obviously playing in positions unfamiliar to a lot of fans, but how do you think it went overall? Who was playing in positions unfamiliar? Uh, Shane McLaughlin at right wing back. Yeah, I know he's played. There. I know he's played there for Wimbledon, but he's not not played there for us. And Anto Connor a bit he further did forward. He's playing in the second half against Blackburn. That was oh, absolutely yeah. brilliant. And he's played more League One football at right wing back than he has in midfield. So it was a very comfortable position for Shane. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, Anto Connor is where I seen him playing for Aberdeen as a number six. Um, listen, you have to try and do something. Is Ant's best position? Probably not. But you know we're conceding a lot of goals. We're conceding a lot of set plays. Um, and we were a big, big, strong side tonight. And, you know, we had to try and do something. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and, and not change it. And that's what we looked to do. The Shea McLaughlin one's a, an easy one. He's played more football there than he has midfield. And probably was a little bit different for people. But, you know, he's played there and been very, very good there for Aberdeen. So I don't think any of them were really out of position. We took Liam Gibson off and, and, and then we conceded that goal. Was that a tactical change or has he got a knock? No, Liam, listen, Liam's, uh, he's, you know, been having certain problems, you know, health-wise as well, and he just looked a little bit tired. You know, he, he got caught in the ball a couple of times and played it out of play, and, you know, we just needed to freshen it up, so it certainly wasn't the changes that changed the game. You know, it was with four men marking one man for the goal. You know, we, we give the ball away sloppy for the lead-up to that goal, so, you know, people have held their hands up. I don't need to come out and say that. We know what we need to do better. And, as I say, we're in total control. We had the ball when we give it away in good, good, comfortable possession, and, again, we got punished. And just a couple more from me, Stephen, if I may. We've got one or two players back from injury. Ryan McLaughlin saw him running on the bench, obviously. I'm assuming he's in contention for Saturday. What about Alfie? I suppose he's in contention too, but Aaron a little bit longer out. You know, Alfie, Alfie about another two or three weeks, unfortunately. Alfie picked up a, an injury with Northern Ireland. He played on Friday night against Burton and um, he's aggravated a little bit more. So he'll be two to three weeks. Um, Ryan McLaughlin had only trained one day. He only trained yesterday, so it was it was a bit much to ask him to start the game, which again was played into my hands to play Shane McLaughlin there. Um, so Ryan will be in contention for Saturday, definitely, and he, he obviously gives a little bit more defensive cover there. And regardless, final one from me, Stephen, regardless of the opposition on Saturday, it's going to be good to be home. It seems like ages since we were last at the Mazuma. Yeah, we've... Look, I can make a hundred excuses and say we've had really hard runs, we've had really hard games, but I, you know, I'm going to repeat myself. We're in control of what we do. Nobody's absolutely battering us or outplaying us. We're scoring goals, we're creating chances, but we're we're conceding silly, silly goals. And it's up to me, ultimately, I have to take the blame, and ultimately, I have to fix it.
Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers. Adam, obviously uh, a frustrating result for the trip tonight. What's your take on it? Yeah, you know, obviously disappointing result. Uh, another loss. Um, sloppy goals again from our from the whole the whole team. But um, we've got another game on Saturday, and we've we've got to regroup now, get ourselves together, and uh, go again. Gaffer's talked about the fact he still has belief in the players that it can be fixed. Is that something that's shared within the squad as well? You believe in, in the teammates that you've got? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's it's only early days yet. Yeah. Uh, we've shown that we can uh, put good performances together. You know, we've we've started off the season really well, so we've just got to sort of find that form again. And I'm sure the lads are confident that we can get the performances together and uh, start picking up some results. Everyone can see the issues. It's the defensive side of things. At the other end, you are free scoring up there with the, the highest scores in the whole division. Is there any obvious thing that the, that the team could be doing better? Is it you know what, how can you turn it around defensively? No, I don't think it's just the defence. You know, we uh, we we win together and we lose together. It's uh, it's everyone. We all uh, we all work for each other and uh, work hard for each other, and um, we'll we'll work on the training ground and uh, make sure we put that right. Despite the fact you've lost tonight, there were spells in the game, you know, 10-15 minute chunks where you played really well, looked tight defensively, looked a threat going forward. If you can extend that over a whole game, you'll give yourself a real chance. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, we went 1-0 down, but the lads, we come back, got back in, got our cars, got ourselves back in the game. Um, and then we just didn't really start the second half. You know, we, uh, we go goal, we go goal behind again. Um, and then we lose another one and then we... We finally start playing a bit because they drop off a little bit, but we've just got to start start the second half a bit better and uh, give ourselves a chance. Mercy's sixth goal of the season. It came in quite bizarre circumstances because the goalkeeper had a back pass, had it in his feet for about 10 seconds, forgot that it was a back pass, and it was a water's a free kick just inside the box. Lee teed it up beautifully for you, but you still had work to do to, to get it away. Yeah, I didn't really know what was going on, to be honest. Uh, just seeing the referee pointing at him, telling him not to pick it up, but then he picked it up. Um, yeah, like I said, it's another goal for me personally, but at the end of the day, I want, I want to get the result for the team and I'm sure we all, uh, will bounce back on Saturday and uh, hopefully we can get the result. You've had a lot of miles, three straight away trips and some long journeys, but you are back at the Mazuma at the weekend. Tough game though, Plymouth? Yeah, you know, I think Plymouth have won again tonight, so it'll be a, it'll be a really tough game there, sitting top of the league. And yeah, like I said, I don't think we've played at home now for over a month, so it'll be nice to to get back there and yeah, hopefully we can get the, up the three points. For any successful season, home form is really important. The fact that you can look at the fixture list and see how many games you've got at home, it, that's an opportunity to really collect some points. Yeah, definitely. I think, like you say, we play Plymouth at home and then I think we play Oxford away and then I think we have about four or five games in one month at home. So hopefully we can pick up our form again and start picking up some results and Hopefully look up the table and look down. Hello and welcome to the Shrimps Verdict podcast here at a very soggy Wadden Road, the Johnny Rock Stadium, where it's finished. Cheltenham Town 3, uh, Morecambe 1. Myself, Dave Salmon, joined by Matt Smith, as ever, from the uh, Shrimps media team on the Shrimps Verdict podcast to uh, dissect the action. Matt, another wet one and another three goals shipped in for the Shrimps. Yeah, not a, uh, not a good night, unfortunately. Um, I think it was a better performance overall than the Burton game. I think we uh, we showed spells. I think the only thing that was lacking was the cutting edge. You know, the, the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half, we did everything but score. Obviously, we did have the ball in the back of the net, but it was offside. Um, so, yeah, one of them. Um, still three conceded, which is... Uh, well, the manager said himself it's up to him to put it right. Um, 
yeah, so another disappointing evening, unfortunately. You said before the game, didn't it? The phrase that stuck in my mind in, in Robbo's pre-match was less cavalier going forward, tighter at the back. And I think we were a little less cavalier going forward, a bit more precise, but we've still shipped another three goals and we've got to stop doing that. We just have to. Otherwise, we are going to get sucked in. Yeah, um, I think defensively tonight we were a little bit better than Burton. You know, you talk about the first goal and obviously we, we did clear the first phase. It's just unfortunate the way it landed to the lad uh, in the perfect position to slot home from the edge of the box. And then you look at the third goal, it was an unbelievable finish. Um, little things that we could have possibly tightened up on, but still the lad's got a job to do and, and finished it well. So, yeah, still, you know, the overriding feeling is disappointment, but we've got another chance to put it right against Plymouth on Saturday at home. I thought in uh, the post-match, which you've just heard on the pod a few minutes ago, at one second now that Stephen Robinson was going to uh, offer me out into the car park <laughs> for a straight. And when I asked him about players playing in different positions, but uh, he did try different players in different spots tonight and, and, and mixed mixed results, I think, fair to say. Yeah, I thought Anthony O'Connor looked all right in, his, in, in the first half, obviously in the midfield with Toombs. Uh, Ryan McLaughlin uh, sorry not Ryan McLaughlin um, Shane McLaughlin yeah Shane McLaughlin sorry I thought he looked really good at right wing back um, and I suppose if you're in his shoes you've kind of got to experiment a little bit haven't you because things we've haven't got been to going do something, right haven't we? so yeah. you know you can't blame him for trying things and like I say I think there, was, there were encouraging signs but still not the result we wanted so we had that extra defender in I did ask Robbo about this as well. We took Liam Gibson off and then we quickly conceded two goals. Again, he was in a slightly unfamiliar position playing in the centre of a, of a, of a of defend, on the left of a, a central three instead of traditional left-back. But the fact remains, we took him off. We conceded two goals straight away. Yeah. Um, but I understand why Robbo had to take him off as well. Yeah, like, like, like we say, you know, you've got to try different things, haven't you? And it's one of those where... It's fear of the unknown, isn't it? You know, he felt it was right in the moment to take Gibbo off, so it was just unfortunate that it was, you know, quite instantaneous after the substitution was made that we conceded. So, you know, we can't fault the gaffer at all for for, for the changes. Like we say, you've got to try something, and we certainly tried something tonight. And I think large parts of the game, I think, you know, we, we looked composed, we looked better than we did on Friday night. Absolutely. And you know, it's just another stepping stone now onto um, Saturday, and like I say, hopefully we can put it right. Let's just talk about one or two Shrimps players, Matt, if we may. Jockel Anderson got the, the nod in net. He could not be faulted for any of the three goals and he also pulled off a couple of worldies too. Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, it's tough for a, for a goalkeeper when, when you've not really played that often, but he came in and, and did a, a good job, didn't he? And you know, in this weather as well. Yeah, it's always going to be tough for a goalkeeper in these conditions, but like we say, a few solid saves from him, it'll do him a world of good in, uh, in terms of confidence. So, yeah, it... it good performance from him tonight and um, I fully expect that he'll be playing on Saturday yeah me too and it was Joan Ryunga's first league start got the nod in the uh, in the pizza cup didn't he but uh, his first start in league one how do you think he did tonight alongside Cole yeah, I think he did alright um, I think defensively Cheltenham did quite a good job on our top two this evening you know um, they kind of limited them to few and far between chances Um we know what we can expect from Joan. He likes to get the ball down. He's powerful on the ball. He likes to run at defenders. And he didn't really get that many chances to do that tonight. So I'm sure, you know, the coming games, he'll, he'll be looking to prove himself even more. We've been away from home for what seems an eternity, Matt. And every away game has been torrential rain, hasn't <laughs> it? Yeah. Wickham, Hartlepool, 
Burton. You can probably hear it bouncing off the roof and the stanchions here at, uh, at Wadden Road as we do this podcast tonight as well. Hopefully it's going to be dry back at the Mazuma at the weekend, but it seems like ages since we last had a home game. Yeah, definitely. It's something to look forward to, isn't it? Um, we know what the fans can offer when they show up in numbers. Um, they'll certainly be the 12th man. And it, you could argue that uh, it's, it, it, you know, it'll be good to, to have them there and, and hopefully they can make the difference as they have done so many times this season. We beat Sheffield Wednesday at home against the odds. Great results elsewhere. Drew with Ipswich. We've shown we can do it against the top teams, but they are absolutely flying, aren't they? The Pilgrims won again tonight against a great Bolton team. So it's arguably the toughest test of the season at the weekend. Yeah, they're all tough tests. You know, there's no easy game in League One. I know it's cliche, but it's true. Uh, and like the gaffer said, you know, at home, uh, we beat Sheffield Wednesday when they were flying. Um, we got a result away at Ipswich on the opening day. So. You know, I wouldn't put it past the shrimp side to get a result on Saturday. One or two injuries, though, Matt, haven't we? So certainly in the midfield, we're going to be without Aaron Wildig for a while. Alfie McCalmont out for a while. So wouldn't surprise me at all if we see a similar, perhaps a similar shape to what we saw tonight. Quite possibly. Really disappointing for, for Aaron and for Alfie. Um, but I'm sure they'll, they'll come back stronger. We've also obviously got John O'Beaker to come back into the mix when he's fit. So whilst it's disappointing, obviously, to lose the players through injury, it'll be great to have them all back and hopefully a fully fit squad sooner rather than later. And finally, Matt, we are very privileged to see every second of every game, league and cup for Morecambe. And we know we're in a very lucky position to be able uh, to do that for the fans who have perhaps not seen the shrimps for a few weeks because we've been on the road what hope can you give them if they're going to the Mazuma on Saturday or if they're going to be listening uh, to the commentary on Beyond Radio well I think the proof's in the pudding you know the fans uh, can see based on previous results the effect that they can have so why not come down to the Mazuma you know obviously a, a win would be nice um, so yeah you know come down make the difference get behind the team get behind the gaffer and uh, hopefully like I say we can turn things around starting on Saturday hopefully it's not going to be too wet either fingers crossed <laughs> a reminder Shrimps fans that you can catch the previous episodes of the Shrimps Verdict podcast wherever you get yours from right now on Google Spotify Apple also at beyondradio.co.uk the Beyond Radio app or you can ask your smart speaker to play the Shrimps Verdict podcast download subscribe share tell everybody you know who might be interested in all things Morecambe FC it's a great listen I promise there's loads of fantastic content for Shrimps fans highlights of games reaction to the action from inside the Shrimps camp which of course you won't hear or see anywhere else special guests and a whole lot more besides. Can I point you in the direction, if you've not already heard, the podcasts of Charlie Appleyard, Morecambe FC director. He speaks really, really well about loads of shrimps things on and off the field and the fact that he lives with Parkinson's disease and everything that that entails. That's part of our Wickham Wanderers post-match podcast, if you check that out. And just last week, we were talking to EFL pundit and aficionado Gabriel Sutton. Uh, Gab, so knowledgeable about all things Football League, of course. Again, a must-listen to all shrimps fans. The Shrimps Verdict podcast, wherever you get yours. Download, subscribe, share. You've done that in your tens of thousands so far this season. Thank you so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it. 
Now there's another huge test for the Shrimps on Saturday. Plymouth Argyle the visitors to the Mazuma Stadium and the Pilgrims absolutely flying a fantastic start to their League One campaign. So it's going to be a real tough ask for Stephen Robinson's men. Ahead of the match I've been speaking with Plymouth Argyle writer, blogger and long-time Pilgrims fan Tom Sleeman to get the inside track on all things Plymouth ahead of the game on Saturday. So Tom, I suppose... From a Plymouth Argyle fan's point of view, this season so far, it couldn't really be going much better, could it? Obviously, I'm going to say again, the, the defence was the key strategy in the summer. And I think so far, they've pretty much nailed their recruitment. In terms of goals, we've got Ryan Hardy up front now. I think he is on eight for the season now in League One. And whereas last season, I think he only managed about six throughout the whole season, despite being a regular starter. I think from him now, we're starting to see the sort of form that he produced when he was uh, on loan with us originally in League Two a couple of seasons ago from uh, Blackpool. Yeah, Ryan Hardy is an interesting one, isn't he? Because he came from Scotland. I think he, when he went to Blackpool, big things were expected of him. Didn't work out at all, really, for him there. And he, he came to, to Argyle and he's taken his time to find his feet. But this season is absolutely flying. Yeah, he's been absolutely fantastic. He's shown a lot of the, like I said, the original um, skill set that he had when he first joined the club. Um, I mean, I think he had uh, it was seven and thirteen games he had before co- uh, COVID curtailed the uh, twenty uh, nineteen twenty season. So he just seems to have that bit of all around confidence about him again. And with the way he's carrying on at the minute, he's probably the most nailed on on our team sheet. I mean, at the, at the rate he's going, I wouldn't be at all surprised if uh, Scotland start looking at him for an international call-up. And in terms of your recruitment elsewhere, then Tom, well, where have you strengthened, and who in particular? Has stood out so far for you? I think for a lot of fans, Dan Scar has been the uh, big standout of si- in terms of signings, at least at the back anyway. I mean, last season we had uh, Will Ainson, who's now at Bolton, and then we had the young Loney duo of um, Kellens Watson, Jerome Poku from uh, Fulham and Newcastle. Uh, Watts is um, with Wigan now, so obviously he's flying with them. And I think uh, is playing abroad somewhere. But um, Scar, just with his enthusiasm and energy, he's almost reminding fans a little bit of Sonny Bradley. In, in just the way that he goes about and does his job. So I think if he carries on the way he's going, he's going to be a fan favourite for sure. So in terms of your start then, Tom, is it with expectations or are you pleasantly surprised? Pleasantly surprised, I'd have to say. I think amongst the fans, they're starting to believe a little bit now that at least the playoff chase is, is possibly something that we can achieve. Uh, last season, our goal were consistently inconsistent. And managed to put a, put together six wins just as easily as they could put together six defeats. So if they can find that little bit of consistency this season, and they can get past that Christmas still in and amongst the top five or six, I think then that's when expectation will start to rise a little bit. So in terms of Morecambe then, Tom, how have you seen it? Were you surprised that we got promoted first and foremost? And and how have you seen the start to the season that the Shrimps have had? Well, um, I think a lot of people were surprised when Morecambe uh, got promoted last season. I mean, obviously they had a fantastic manager in Derek Adams who had already gotten Argyle promoted from League One, uh, sorry, League Two, a couple of seasons previously. Obviously, as well, Mick, uh, Morecambe had a massive uh, Argyle connection with the likes of uh, Leatheran, Anthony O'Connor, Tamani Diagora, Scott Wooten, and then also I think it was uh, Kelvin Meller and Jordan Slew were both there last season as well. But uh, I think we started fantastically and a lot of people didn't expect them to perhaps have the well, entertainment factor about them that they have done. I think they've scored, I think it's 13 in the last five games, haven't they? Cole Stockton in particular has just been absolutely phenomenal for them. 
I think it's quite possible that uh, a bit like um, Gomez last season, he's going to be one that clubs might be looking at in January, perhaps, if he carries on the way he's going. You mentioned there, Tom, that there are lots of interconnections between the two sides. Let, let's talk about Derek Adams. He was He's a character, to say the least, I think it's fair to say. But in terms of his results on the field, he was terrific uh, he, for both clubs. Yeah, uh, Derek Adams seems to be one of those kind of managers where where it's going great, it's going great. But when it's not, things start to slide very quickly. I mean, his, his uh, time at Argyle started fantastically, obviously got us to the playoff final in the first season. And then after that, obviously, we got promoted to League One. But uh, towards the end of his tenure at the club, things became very toxic in that he was calling the fans yobs. He was, he'd banned the um, local media from the, game, uh, from the uh, club as well, so no interviews or anything for the likes of uh, Chris Arrington. And at the time that he left, it was the right time for him to leave, I think, because it would become quite clear that a lot of the players in the dressing room that previously performed under him just weren't performing at the standard that they were previously. And he obviously came to the Mazuma Stadium and, and what a rev- only here for a season, of course, but what a revelation. Just that bit of injection of energy that he brought to the club was fantastic. And even the way they've started the season now under Stephen Robinson, it doesn't seem like there's any reason why they can't perhaps stay in the league actually next season. I think for a lot of fans, everyone expected them to be the cannon fodder that would finish bottom of the league. They perhaps didn't have quite have the quality to stay in League One. But so far, they're proving everyone wrong and being fantastically entertaining in, in the uh, midst. I think on Saturday, you will be uh, uh, pleasantly surprised or maybe unpleasantly surprised. Who knows about just how much uh, quality Morecambe do possess. In terms of the players who have played for both teams, we have to talk about Toomes, don't we? He's been absolutely sensational for us. And I think he plays in a very similar way for Morecambe as what he did for Plymouth. Yeah, he was absolutely fantastic when he came in originally. I think he was, he was a free agent. Uh, he had a bit of an injury before Argyle picked him up, but his his impact was immediate. He was fantastic. Putting ma- man of the match performances game after game. And it was a real shame when he did eventually leave. And I think it was, I think he perhaps felt that he had regained his fitness and could possibly do a bit better than Argyle, which I don't think many of the Argyle fans blamed him for at the time because it was quite clear that he was a grade above the players that we had in the squad at the time. Um, obviously, it didn't work out for him. He had to drift back into League Two, but now he's back in what, League One with Morecambe and he's got a point to prove and he'll be a fantastic player for them for the whole season just in terms of his ball-winning abilities, passing and just that little bit of grit that you need from, from a player in his position. Let's go to the goalkeeper position then, Tom. Kyle Leatheran wasn't particularly first choice all the time for Argyle. And he hasn't been for Morecambe either. I expect that he will probably get the nod to play on Saturday. Though, What do you make of him between the sticks? Yeah, he was quite, he was quite impressive when he was with Argyle. But he, he obviously wanted to be a first choice goalkeeper somewhere. He's getting a bit older now as well. He'd originally um, been with Argyle at the beginning of his career. And uh, obviously had a bit of a career in the football league. Fantastic player, really good shot stopper we found, but he wasn't ever really able to nail down that starting position at the club. I mean, he, uh, his first season at the club, he was one of about seven or eight goalkeepers we had that season due to the amount of injuries and so forth. But I think he's, he's done well to work his way back into the Football League now. And the fact that he's cemented cement a place in League One shows just what a fantastic goalkeeper he can be at this level. And I think he's already dislodged um, Anderson this season as well, hasn't he? I think both played six games each. They've both played well and they've both made mistakes. 
or let's say could have done better with a few of the goals they've conceded. So it's going to be touch and go which one gets the nod for Saturday. I think it probably will be Kyle though. Let's go to the back, Tom. And uh, Scott Wooten, I thought he was a, a rock solid defender for you guys. And, and, and when we picked him up, he was a free agent out, outside of the, the transfer window. So perhaps a little surprising that he found himself without a club. I think with, with Scott Wooten, the big problem was, was that he was clearly a very good League Two defender. But in our previous season in League One under Derek Adams, we've conceded 80 goals. And he was part he was part of the furniture that season that had done so poorly. We need had he'd suffered quite a few injuries. There was no real consistency. And I think last season it was quite clear who uh, Ryan Lowe wanted as his back three. So Will uh, Williamson, Kellen Watts, and Jerome Poku. I mean, he was quite happy to put some of our youngsters even in in and around the first team when he wouldn't give a chance to Wooten. So obviously Wooten went off to uh, Wigan who obviously are flying this season, but last season with their issues on and off the pitch, they were towards the bottom of the division. He was basically there to try and do a job to keep them up. Obviously, he's got a lot to prove this season, but uh, in terms of our goal fans' perspective of him, I think it was the right time for him to leave the club because there wasn't really much for him going forward. And I think our goal wanted to do a bit better. So the game then this weekend, Tom, how are you playing this season? I think a lot of Morecambe fans will know all about the Ryan Lowe way and the kind of dynamic manager uh, that he is. But for those that don't, how are you playing formations? Tell us everything we need to know. Um, three uh, central defenders. So you've got um, Connor Grant one side and then you, one of, um, well, it's usually uh, Joe Edwards on the other side. Uh, you've got the, mid, got the midfield three there with um, Pantucci Kamara, who's obviously scored two at the weekend against Oxford. Uh, you've got Ryan Broom, who is on loan from Peterborough, uh, kind of the, the creative playmaker, as you will, in the absence of Danny Mayer, who's been injured for a lot of the season. And, and a lot of sides have played two up top. So we, usually it would be um, Niall Ennis. He's been injured since the opening day of the season when we lost to uh, Rotherham. But then we've had, obviously had Ryan Hardy in fantastic form. And then you've got uh, Luke Jetcott there as well, who hasn't really performed as well as he had done at the start of last season, but he's still got four goals and a few assists. So you can't really complain with that, to be honest with you. It's quite a bit of pace in the side. They play with a lot of uh, energy. And thankfully, as opposed to last season, they haven't conceded as many as they had originally. I think Argyle have got the fourth best defensive record in the league while scoring the second most as well. And last season, it was usually a case of we scored a lot and conceded a lot, a bit like how Morecambe have started this season. Well, Morecambe prefer generally what I would describe as a flexible 4-3-3. If you're playing three at the back, our manager Stephen Robinson won't be afraid to match you up if that's what he feels is necessary. The problem that we've had is we've conceded a lot of cheap, very, very avoidable goals, especially late on in games and especially from set pieces. So how is your size fitness and how good are you at... uh, attacking set plays? Uh, I think I think this season we're a lot better than we were. We've got more aerial, aerially gifted players this season. Obviously, we've still got Jetcott, who's fantastic in the air, but then um, the likes of Scar and Wilson have both been brought in to have that bit more aerial presence about them. Um, I think across the season, they're likely to get a few more goals. So I think Argyle are a bit prone to that themselves. We've already conceded late goals against uh, Lincoln and um, Portsmouth, both for 2-2 draws this season. And that was a real factor that we had last season. Obviously, we've, they've not conceded as many goals as they have done previously, but it's also still a factor. And I think it's now six games without a clean sheet for Argyle. 
despite the fact that we're not losing games, we're perhaps often drawing games that we should perhaps have put to bed sooner. So it's, uh, it sounds very much to me, Tom, as if uh, th- there could be goals in this one. You've mentioned it already. We are the entertainers. 43 goals for and against in our 12 league games already, which is absolutely ridiculous, to be perfectly honest. I would, I think I've been speaking to other members of the press and, and other Morecambe fans, and they've said to me that, I think would sell for a boring one nil win, and I, I don't think I would disagree with that. But by the sounds of it, it, it we, we could see more goals on Saturday for both teams, perhaps. It'll be it'll be a good spectacle, I think. To to be fair, I mean, Morecambe almost remind me a little bit of when um, Blackpool came up to the Premier League, and that they're not afraid to attack. They'll concede a few goals along the way. But there should be no issues at all for them getting a couple of goals in. But obviously, with the form of Cole Stockton, it's about keeping them up. At the other end as well, so I, th- I think there should, there should be at least a couple of we goals so. in this one. Is in one of those veins of form at the moment that I think all strikers go through during their career, where everything he hits towards the goal is going in from whatever range, world is from the halfway line, edge of the box. Uh, everything is going in at the moment. Of course, that may continue on Saturday. May it may it may dry up. I don't know, but uh, he's certainly in the form of his life at the moment. And you're going to definitely need to keep him quiet. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think Morecambe have had a couple of strikers like that recently where they've not necessarily had a fantastic run of seasons, but then something's just clicked. Like I mentioned earlier, um, Mendes Gomez last season, and I think he scored 16 goals, didn't he, before he joined Luton. And in these lower divisions, all you need is that one good season to click on. And then you've got you've got a player who's perhaps not really played much football, but that little bit, that little thing that clicks. We've had the same with Hardy this season. We had uh, Luke Jetcott the uh, previous season. He did playing on loan at Truro in the non-league. Ryan Lowe brought him back in against um, Scunthorpe and he'd scored two goals on his debut. So sometimes it's just that little bit of confidence that is the key. So finally then, Tom, prediction time. Nail your colours to the mast. I'm sure they're going to be green and white, of course. Prediction for Saturday and for the rest of the season for both clubs. Uh, I'm going for 2-1 Argyle on Saturday. But similarly, as I said, they've not not been sheep for a couple of weeks now. So, and with obviously with the form of uh, Cole Stockton, I can see them at least getting one goal back. In terms of the rest of the season, I think most Argyle fans would settle for mid-table, higher mid-table this season, as opposed to five points away from relegation as they were last season. I think if we get to Christmas and we're keeping the current form that we are, I think expectation will rise somewhat and fans will start looking towards the playoffs. But obviously, we're a long, long way off that yet. With Morecambe, obviously, the, key, the main key this season, especially after losing uh, Derek Adams, and uh, with their current form and how entertaining they are, it could quite easily go either way. They could go on a, a nice little run, or similarly, they could lose a couple in a row and head start to drop. But I think I think they've got enough to stay up this season. Tom, thank you very much indeed for your time. We really appreciate it. And uh, good luck to our girl for the rest of the season. After Saturday, of course, we hope uh, we get one over on you. But uh, thanks for your time and, and uh, all the best for the rest of the uh, campaign. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. A big thanks to Tom Sleeman, Plymouth Argyle writer, blogger and long-time Pilgrims fan for his fantastic inside track of Plymouth ahead of the visit to the Mazuma Stadium to play the Mighty Shrimps 
this coming Saturday. If you're not heading down to the game, preview, build-up, full match commentary, of course, as ever, Shrimps Live back on Beyond Radio across North Lancashire from 2.45. And, of course, you can listen and watch online via I Follow Shrimps as well. That's just about it. Thanks for listening, as ever, and we'll speak to you next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.